Sippers, welcome to this episode of the Tea With Me podcast with me, Shane Todd. It's the first day of the new lockdown when we recorded this. We get to be here in the studio because it's classified as work, although you wouldn't think it because I'm looking across at two of the most unprofessional guys that I've ever... One of the guys is smiling and one is not. Okay, I'm looking across it. I mean... One of these guys wear nothing but a pair of shorts, naked from the waist up, drinking, <laughs> drinking a can of Fosters, and I'll tell you which one it is. And then the other guy sitting over there, as he likes to, being all dark in the corner. All dark in the corner, wearing those glasses that have painted on eyes. You know, like he's awake, but he's, he's snoring behind it. And, uh, and it's a good time. We're here, we're in the studio. It's good to be able to kind of get out and and do stuff. And I was thinking recently, like, we're, we're allowed to do this, right? But could we just start... Could we start a new podcast? And the podcast is... And it's filmed, obviously. And the podcast is, like, me just eating dinner with a lot of friends. Like, could I could I launch a podcast called Pints With Mates? And, and it's just, like, the key thing of the podcast, and remember, it's performance art, is it's just me and, like all my mates just having a load of pints. And there isn't even, you know, the content, there's not a lot of two-camera stuff. It's just the podcast observes what happens. I mean, I want to start a new podcast where me and 50 friends, I don't have 50 friends, but me and as many friends as I can gather go to Thompson's. And we open up Thompson's, and it's but it's not a night out. It's a, we are actors playing the roles. <laughs> We're actors playing the roles of just a full squad of guys just get, getting on it. Do you want to, does anybody want to, let's start a Patreon for our new podcast, Going Out. <laughs> where I play, where I play a fictional version of myself who dresses and looks exactly like me. And all my mates play themselves too. And we, for the role, like, we're all method actors too. So it involves, like, shots, 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 shots. It involves everything. We're going to get someone to play the guy in the toilets, giving out lollipops. We're going to play, let's hire some bouncers. Let's hire a DJ. I think it'd be a nice time. Can we, like, can we do that? Just, like, shake or nod your head if you think we can. Yeah, genuinely two nods to the head. But that's what 2020 is. It's people asking other people that are just their mates, like, if you can, I saw someone on Facebook last night being, being like, uh, here, does this lockdown mean I'm allowed to go out for non-essential journeys? And his auntie under wrote, yeah. <laughs> so, what I'm saying is, let's, let's do some research into that, and let's maybe start a new, po- and we might not even upload the podcast, but we'll want to record a podcast called, Night Out on the Lash cast. And it's going to be a great... I mean, I think we could do that, Dan. I hope you're making a note of doing that. Or maybe you're just maybe you're just texting other comedians, being like, do you need a podcast producer? <laughs> I'm supposed to record an episode with uh, Paddy McDonald, which, which will be out also at some point. It might have even been out before this. But for some reason, I knew it would be difficult to get Paddy to come to the studio and give him the location. Because Paddy McDonald's a guy who just... He'll show up if he shows up. You know what I mean? He's reliable, but what I mean is he's someone who doesn't follow directions, I don't think. And I just showed him where our office is and he's just written, is this a setup? You know, he thinks it's some sort of you've been frame type type show, but it isn't. Um, also, tea from Coffee Yard this week. People got to get out, keep going to coffee shops, get takeaways from places. Although sometimes, like yesterday... I, I drove to, um, yesterday on the way home from Belfast, I drove to a cafe and then parked up outside it, phoned Dave Elliott, talked to him for like 15 minutes about a work thing and then drove away thinking I had been into the cafe and eaten. Isn't that weird? I drove off and like three miles up a road, I was like, oh, I didn't even go in there for the purpose of me being there. Um, But it's a, it's a good time and look, I don't know, I hope this lockdown does just last two weeks and then we can do shows and we can get out. Then, like, when was the last time you kissed a friend? You know, when was the last time you just went up to, like, a mate and you were like, listen, bro, 
fuck, I, I love you, you know, and just gave your friend a bit. Like, I would like us to bring a bit more contact back amongst friends when this is all over because, you know, I like to, I like to hug friends. Dan, you and I, I mean, Mike, you and I have been friends for 15, 16 years. We'd have, we'd have hugged. There's been contact. There's been contact. Dan, you and me have only ever shaken hands. Once, yeah. Once. You remember, it stands out. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> it stands out because always a comedian, I had a wee electric buzzer on when I shook his hand. Um, yeah, but would you rule out, do you think, that after this COVID type thing, do you think it's gonna the fallout from that is gonna be no contact really, like handshakes with strangers or well not strangers, but like handshakes are gonna disappear with people you first met and it'll just be like a nod and a hello, or you think it's gonna come back, or you think it's gonna come back even more and people will be so happy to be able to do that again? I don't know. I haven't got on board, you know, people have started the elbow sort of touch to try and keep something going. Yeah. I don't really get that. People almost do it now. I don't think anyone does it in like a genuine like hello greeting way. It's more of a like, what do I like at the minute? You know, it's like, a, people always prefix the elbow now with, I think we'll have to do this now. It's like, what do you mean you think you've been doing it for nine months, dickhead? <laughs> I think it's what, it, is this what it is? Is this what it is? We've done it every time we've met up. Yeah, the elbow I can't get on board with. Maybe like what else? I mean, the elbow I don't I don't like because you kind of have to. You're all you feel all like vulnerable when you do it. You know, like get all your elbow in close and it. You know, to touch the point of someone's elbow and then you're near the funny bone as well. Um, what if you like? What if you like? <laughs> what if you spat on somebody's back? Just something like that, or I was thinking more like take it out of a football. You know, a little tap on the ass as you meet them. <laughs> That, you know, well played. Yeah, I mean, I think that's how Harvey Weinstein started. He's like, no, these ones just play for my football team. It's like, do you play football? Maybe he's misunderstood them. <laughs> a wee tap on the arse. I mean, it's weird that, like, a wee tap on the arse, like, from a friend is great crack. But, like, you've got to know that your friend really is your friend. Because you could, I could be friends with Mike for 16 years and then one day, like, after COVID, just because people get so weird about touch now, I could be like, oh, man, after, like, after the first time we meet up and then you leave and I'd be like, I'll oh, see you later, give you a wee tap in the bum. For all I know, he goes straight to PSNI. <laughs> he goes straight to PSNI. I remember I had, a, <laughs> I, had a, I had a football coach and this was, like, not that many years ago, so bear in mind, let me point out, I was in my late twenties, and I loved. But what it. age did you look? What? What age did you look? Yeah, I looked half that, and to be no, okay, <laughs> I can't go down this road. But all I will say is, he used to love a bum touch, and it was the slowest bum touch ever. He was there. He was like the guy in a, what do you call that show? Bonsai, shaky hand man. I mean, he wasn't shaking anything, but he would he would pat your bum for a long time, and I liked it. I like I like contact from men. And maybe lockdown has given me time to think about some things. And I've realised that I like contact from men. I like it when a big man gets me in a headlock. <laughs> I like it when a big man, I don't know, says, come here, you bugger, and gets me in a headlock. <laughs> when I'm out a giant's ring walking my dog, I don't have a dog. But I like that. I like that kind of thing. I like, like, you know, whoa, like that kind of... You know that kind that of, like people be like, oh lads, lads, lads. Like there's, there's a lot of negative connotations about lads, lads, lads. I, I'm not a lad, lad, lad. But some of the contact that lads, lads, lads do to you, as if you're their friend, is good. You know, I like some of it. I just, I miss it. Like I'm, I'm an emotional guy, and I like, I miss like, just touching people's faces. Like people I know. You know what I mean? Like. I love to touch both of your faces and I love you both to touch my face and maybe after we record we switch the cameras on maybe we switch the cameras on and we just see what happens but what I'm saying is could we get funding for my new podcast Nights Out um, I don't know I would like to do that because we can you can film stuff but you can film anything so maybe I just find this sitcom where oh this, listen in this hilarious sitcom me and me and the boys go to Ibiza. Oh, <laughs> oh and this, uh, oh, what's it about? Ah, it's just about a trip to Ibiza. 
We're going to film a couple of nights in Amnesia. Here's the thing, I've never been to Ibiza. I just know Amnesia from Kevin and Perry Go Large. I don't know if it really is a club. Mike, it is a club? You've been to Ibiza? Good spot? Mm. I'm surprised you remember. Um, Dan, you, have you done a, you ever done like a real, uh, not even a lads holiday, but have you been to one of those places like Kos, Ayanapa? I could see you and Ayanapa, you and a few boys from Oma, heading over in like circa 2008, heading over to Ayanapa, dressed like a couple of like League One football, like like a couple of Gillingham players, you know what I mean? Like some boys like a little bit of bling, you know what I mean? Like like vests and a few boys like tatted up and stuff, heading over to Ayanapa for, and bucket hats. <laughs> Kangol bucket hats. I could see the boys on Vespas. The Oma boys <laughs> checking out a few Vespas, the head down the strip in Ayanapa. <laughs> I I mean I mean I've been to Magaluf a couple of times, but we've been like out of season, so there's nobody there. And I like when I was younger, never went to any of those big party places. But that is exactly the holiday I want when this is done. I want to go to a foam party. I want I want DJ Sammy to be DJing. Um I don't know, but hopefully, and hopefully this it doesn't make us all weird. That's my fear. The people are like, no, you know, no, I don't go out. No, you know, I want like let's just let's do things as a as a big group. Let's everybody in Northern Ireland do at least one activity a month together, and I mean all of us. It goes one of two ways. Either we all come together and we're like flipped. You remember we had to sit inside for a year, or people are just inside getting even more, like, fucking raging about Protestants and people are maybe just sitting there and like, oh, fuck Catholics. Like, there may be some guys before this who, like, didn't like the other religion and then just been sitting inside for a year going, oh, fucking, see this here when I get back out. Oh, I'm gonna... Oh. <laughs> so I... I don't know, but... One thing I do know is I just announced the show... Um, well, it's on sale now. I'm doing. I'm playing the SSE Arena in Belfast, and um, I've cracked the joke. I've done a couple of press interviews for it. I'm just warning people that every press interview I do for it, when they say, "So you're playing the SSE Arena? That must be a really big deal." I say every time, "Well, it is Pizza Hut. I'm doing the Pizza Hut restaurant in there. <laughs> it's not the real. It is the real arena, and I'll be using that joke every time. Because to be fair, it's very funny." It's very funny. But yeah, I'm doing the SSE in November next year. It's a, it's a curiosity for me. It's it's scratching a wee itch of what would that be like to play an arena? And also, it's a... Uh, I don't know whether... I don't know whether I'll do it and go... I'm trying to predict, will I do it? And then next year, play a venue like that? Or will I go back to slightly more intimate shows because I kind of I kind of like both I like doing the big like the Waterfront Hall shows we've done and then like even shows that are smaller than the Limelight one so I don't know it'll just be really interesting to see what that's like for a night because that'll be the biggest the biggest crowd I've ever played to and uh, and yeah a couple of people have asked me is uh, is it the same show as the one that's been rearranged for the Waterfront It's a it's a totally different show so basically, I had a show ready that should have been finished by now. The whole tour should have been done by now. Uh, and it, it was called Somebody Told Me. That was my solo show. Uh, we put it all back to March originally in the middle of COVID. And then we just thought, you know what? In a venue of like a couple of thousand, because that's a problem like that is an issue I have. I tend to sell tickets and sell out and... And it means that we don't have the luxury of being able to say, look, let's just leave it at half the tickets. You know what I mean? I, it's it's a people say you know, it's a it's a problem I have basically. I just sell mostly full capacity, and and that is my burden. You know, it's my fault for being really good at <laughs> really good at stand. No, it's something I'm working on. Like I try and. Sometimes I try and go out there and do a set that's not even that funny, and then halfway through I'm like, "Who am I kidding? Who am I kidding?" You know. Um, 
But yeah, so the, so I'm rambling here, but that that whole tour should have been done by now, and I should have been moving on to the show that I'm going to be doing at SSE. But because it started lockdown, like March April, I had that show ready for a couple of months later because I, I like to be prepared. I'm able to like park that show. I'll do that and then I'll tour before. So my plan at the minute is this. I'm going to tour summertime just after the summer next year with the Somebody Told Me show. I'm going to finish with the Waterfront Hall, the rescheduled show. Um, and if you're at the last Waterfront, it was the best night of stand-up I've ever done for loads of different reasons. It was incredible. I can't wait to do that. Then once that's done, in November, as a one-off with no other big solo shows around it, I'm doing the SSE with the show Chancer. Then early 2022, my plan is to tour that show Chancer and eventually I'll even it out and I'll just tour once a year or whatever. But um, I've, I, I feel like I've got the material. I just need to like get back out and be on stage. And I don't know if I talked about this in a podcast recently. You may correct me if I have. Uh, there's a series on Sky called The Comedy Store and it's about the... Com- I Yeah, literally last time we recorded I talked about this. I've seen... Have you, have you watched any of it since? Seen any? Honestly, the episodes are an hour long. It is phenomenal. I mean, it's bittersweet because it makes you miss stand-up so bad. But if anyone's like stuck for something to watch in this lockdown, it's on like Sky documentaries, but if you've got Sky, you get it in catch-up. And it's a documentary about the comedy store. That is, it's almost like torture for me to watch it. But um, but yeah, the the SSE tickets are out, Ticketmaster, all that kind of thing. Um, it's gonna be an experience, you know, arena show. Um, the funny thing is, like once or twice since then, I've driven past the Odyssey on the motorway and just looked over, and it's like when you look at that venue, you go. That car park is going to be filled with cars and there's going to be a queue up to it and people are going to be walking over the bridge. You know when you go to a concert at the Odyssey and you maybe have a couple of drinks in city centre and you walk over the bridge in a big mass group of people? Everyone that's doing that is going to be coming to my show and that that is um, is like an exciting kind of scary. So um, I've, I've put, I put a stand-up clip up last week although in reality it was yesterday, um, from the BBC One stand-up show it did. I'm going to put another a couple of other clips from that out. And that was kind of a, a dilemma I had because I've been doing this material, like the material about my baby being like a big, massive baby, um, and another bit about cash machines in Northern Ireland being stolen. And part of me is like, do I just wait and do those as part of the Somebody Told Me show, or do I just release those as videos now? Because... I want my stand-up to kind of be out there. I want people to, like, be seeing clips and that kind of thing. So it's hard to know what the, like, what material to burn. That's what you would call it as a stand-up. If if you release it, you'd be like, I've burnt that material, I need something new. Um, But probably in reality, I'm just going to put loads of clips out. And I'm really now into the idea that we talked about of streaming a stand-up show from here. Get a couple of comedians in. We've got, like, a nice space here. And we'll just do, like, a... I don't know, Facebook Live or YouTube. Maybe it doesn't need to be live. Maybe you film it as live and we cut it. In fact, is that better? Because someone might say something. Because that's a good, yeah, that's a good point. Sometimes with stand-up, you're in the moment. You might make a mistake and then it's like, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe we just film it and then we do it again. We'll I, stream, we'll stream it as live. Oh. couple of boffins sitting across from me here. I mean, I say you're boffins. You guys are just like, probably have a very average IQ, but mine is so low that I think that that... What was the thing recently that's... Was it one of you two told me? And I was like, can you do that? And you're like, yes. There was something really like... I don't know. I don't know whether I'm... I'm 50-50 on whether I'm an intelligent man or thick. I don't know. I think sometimes I have moments with both. You know, sometimes, sometimes people, sometimes I'll do something and people go, I like it, that's smart. I actually have really good general, Dan, you will know particularly, some, no, sometimes I have very good, 
my references are good. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of chat to me about most things. Um, like give me a subject and I'll talk about it. Tesla. Tesla. Tesla is, um, I believe I'm right in saying a budget supermarket. Uh, originally from, uh, just as I say Glasgow. No, obviously Tesla. Is it Tesla or Telsa? Being serious, Tesla. Tesla is uh, a brand of car that Elon Musk owns. And then Elon Musk once, there was a guy, there was a guy who owned a submarine that said he would go and try and rescue the those like Asian boys that were stuck on the, in a cave. You're laughing like I'm making this up. There were some Asian boys who were stuck in a cave because they were on a football trip with their coach and it might have been that coach I was talking about earlier because he literally was like gone to the parents. Listen, we're taking them, these boys on the end of season trip. Oh, where are you going? Alton Towers? And they were going into a complex underground cave system. I don't know what they were doing down there. I think he does. But, um, but then this guy, this British guy was like, here, I've got a submarine. I have this equipment. I could try and go down and like do a rescue thing. And then Elon Musk was also trying. Elon Musk was like, I'll go and rescue them. I have a submarine. And everybody was like, you can't get a submarine down there or they could get out because surely the submarine's bigger than these like small. I'm not saying, no, I'm not saying they're small because they're Asian. I'm saying they were boys. So you're going to be small if you're a boy, unless you're a big, a big boy. Um, and then you look at a big boy and you're like, are you a big boy or a small, like a small man? But um, here's the thing with Tesla. Elon Musk was like, I'll fire a submarine under. This British guy was like, no, I have this diving equipment. I'll go down and get them. And then Elon Musk just went on Twitter and was like, oh, this guy's a pedo. And that is all I know about Tesla. So good luck to him. Fair play to him for doing it. Um, also, I know about Tesla from the Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman film, The Prestige, which is, we talked about that on the podcast, the Patreon podcast before, um, a quality, quality film, but David Bowie plays Tesla, and he talks like David Bowie, and he's, uh, he has a moustache, and he's all weird. Sippers, let me really quickly interrupt the podcast. I mean, I'm in an unnatural position because I still haven't got the arms put on the chair, so I'm having to sit in a way where it looks like the arms are just permanently attached to the chair. But listen, let's be honest, they're just not. Let me really quickly interrupt to mention one of our big sponsors, which are Manscaped.com. The thing is, we all we all want to look good under the belt. You know, it's not. Hopefully, it's not something that we're showing regularly especially in public, but whenever we're in private, we want our privates to look good. And listen, I am a Manscaped user, but I hadn't been a Manscaped user in a couple of weeks. So I needed to go in there. I needed a fresh, I got a fresh cut here. I got a fresh cut on my head. And then I got a fresh cut somewhere a little bit lower. And producer Dan just looked towards my belt area. So I don't know what to do with that information. I feel a little hot under the collar. He's done it again. And I don't blame him because under there, under there, in my underwear, it's looking bare. Not B-E-A-R, by the way. Okay, I've gone from B-E-A-R to B-A-R-E. <laughs> Coming up to Christmas, hard. it's hard to know, what do you buy your dad? Do you buy him a book? Boring. Do you buy him a, a bottle of wine? No, you don't. You say to your dad, listen... You need to get up to date with the times. Okay, we're keeping a trim down there. I don't know if you got the memo. You go to manscaped.com, you get yourself the lawnmower 3.0. It is, let's just get down to it. It's a, it's a razor, for, it's an electric razor for your balls. And your dad might go, oh, but I, I can't see down there and all. And how am I going to make sure I'm doing it right? Hey, dad, shut up. There's a light on it. There's a light and he go, oh, but... What if I get water on it? No, and then it, it it electrocutes me. And you go, Dad, why are you being such a nerd? It is waterproof. Manscaped.com, they've got so much on there. Honestly, I'm a use... Sorry, there was a... There was like a midgy or like some sort of 
young fly there, like a small, like a child fly there. And honestly, for a second, I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to be murdered. Manscaped.com. Use code tea with me for 20% off and free shipping. If you're looking for a Christmas gift for someone, this is a great way to do it, especially if you know them well, if they're a husband or a boyfriend or whatever, or, or if you don't know someone. I mean, it makes a statement in the office if you're like, listen, Denzel, you need to sort yourself out. Uh, they have ball toner. They have ball wipes. I mean, listen, head over to manscaped.com, see what all the fuss is about. Manscaped are everywhere at the minute, and for very good reason. Back to the end. couple of things I want to look at. One is this day in history, which I haven't done on the podcast for a long time. So the day we recorded this, um, I'm looking at what's happened this day in history. And in, 19, in, in the year 1095, this day, Pope Urban II. <laughs> Who the fuck was Pope Urban? <laughs> my, man, my man's Pope guns <laughs> were Fubu. <laughs> uh, Pope Urban in in the year ten ninety five beating about in a pair of Air Jordans, <laughs> pair of Timberland boots. Absolutely love this Pope Urban. Um, Pope Urban the <laughs> second. So there's a Pope. Imagine being the first Pope, and they're like, "Listen, your name is Gareth. You just want to be Pope Gareth." He's like, "No, call me Pope Urban." Ten ninety five. Absolutely killing it. Pope Urban the second makes perhaps the most influential speech of the Middle Ages, giving rise to the Crusaders by calling. I mean, I didn't know they were playing them, but that is, that's a historical club. He called all Christians in Europe to war against Muslims in order to reclaim the Holy Land with a cry of Deus Vult, or God wills it. I mean, I wouldn't say it's the most influential speech of the Middle Ages by some guy just going, Deus Vult! God wills it. I mean, Pope Urban probably would have come with a way fresher style. Maybe he had a back and beat. <laughs> Maybe he freestyled it. I don't know, but... um. Yeah, I mean, Pope Urban sounds like, for a lot of reasons, he's a little bit of a character. All Christians in Europe, the war against Muslims. I mean, that's ambitious to be like every single Christian in Europe. And quite a lot of quite a lot of them probably wouldn't be that effective because a lot of especially like Presbyterian, like older um, Christians, like, would, like wouldn't. I don't think in a battle would be like really getting them. Fo- like, I'd say you'd have a lot of volunteers to make the sandwiches for the soldiers. Because they like, they like to do that, you know what I mean? Like, And that'll be good as well, because if you're on the battlefield in the Middle Ages and you're fighting against the Muslims, and if you're one of the Christians in Europe, hungry, you know, so you're going to have a lot of... Like, the, in 1095, you know, the Muslim soldiers probably eating a lot of meat. They're probably eating a lot of, you know, spices and things like that. But the the I don't know who won that war, but I just know that the Christians probably had a hell of a lot of, like, egg and watercress sandwiches and tea. Born Odo of Lagerie in 1042. Lagerie looks like Lagerie and made me think of Lager. And I was like, no wonder he's a character. Urban was a protege of the great reformer, Pope Gregory VII. Yeah, Pope Gregory, way more of a normal name. Like Gregory, he made internal reform his main focus, rallying against simony, the selling of church offices, and other clerical abuses prevalent during the Middle Ages. I spot myself. Urban showed himself to be an adept and powerful cleric, and when he was elected Pope in 1088, he dropped a fat beat. No, it didn't say that. It says, he applied his statecraft to weaken and support for his rivals, notably Clement III. I mean, Clement III sounds like a fucking loser. Clement III. I would beat Clement III in a fight, no questions asked. Clement III. Oh, Clement III. Clement III sounds like, sounds like he has a really, really long hooter on him. Really long nose. Clement III. I hate Clement the Third. Um, there's loads more in that that I'm not I'm not really interested in. Um, but I'm more interested in this. It, as as important news as this news is as important. In 2005, Aerosmith and Fifty Cent headlined a 10 million dollar bar mitzvah. What a lineup! What a lineup! 
you know, to go from the raw emotion of, I don't want to close my eyes, I don't want to fall asleep. That's 50 Cent, by the way. Harry <laughs> Smith are like, man, you fucking playing our best song. Um, to go from, I don't want to miss a thing to in, in the club. What a day. Uh, they took the stage at New York City's famous Rainbow Room in the early hours of 27th November 2005 uh, as part of a bat mitzvah in Long Island. Um, Aerosmith reminds me of two things. Number one, might have said it in the podcast before, I've been on a roller coaster with actual Aerosmith. Have I said this? Yeah, okay. Oh, well. Full band. The full band, yep. What happened was I was in Disneyland when I was about 12. They were opening the the rock and roll roller coaster, which is like Aerosmith roller coaster. I don't know if it's still there, but it was close. So it said it wasn't open and all the things. It was like closed. But then some people were just like dandering into it and like, it doesn't look closed. So they were doing like a soft opening of it, where if you just happened out of curiosity to walk in, they were doing actual rides. And um, we were like three rows back and it was like, it should have been like taken off and everyone's just waiting and waiting, like fuck is thinking about getting off. And then all of a sudden, Disney people were just like, not like Pluto, like, you know, Mickey Mouse and all like proper Disney staff were ushering through just um, Aerosmith. And Big, they were, now, obviously I only knew them because Big Steve Tyler's mug, you know what I mean? Like he stands out like a sore thumb. So um, they got on at the very front and... Uh, and they play like Aerosmith music out of speakers, and it was dude looks like a lady as I was on it, so that was pretty class. And um, and the other reason Aerosmith sticks out to me is whenever I was about ten or eleven, that's a Ben Lor. I mean, you two look disgusted that a Ben Lorry would have the audacity to be picking up bins to take it in Hollywood. I mean, when a Ben Lorry comes around Hollywood, a lot of the time people are just chucking out their old cash. <laughs> people just being like five point notes no people will be like no, I'm not carrying a five point note you know the neighbor, the neighbours will talk about me um, right so whenever I was so Aerosmith I don't want to miss the thing was obviously like the big song from the film Armageddon and I think I was about 10 or 11 when that came out my mum took me to York Gate Cinema to see it to see um, Armageddon and we went to do you remember Harry Ramston's at York Gate, what a, that, Harry Ramsons was class. They still have Harry Ramsons in some service stations, I think, in England. Yeah. And that's a hey, man in the corner in the darkness over there knows the service stations in England, all right. <laughs> AKA, AKA the trucker's friend. <laughs> but yeah, you go into some of those service stations and they have like a food court. And they always have a Harry Ramsons. But I think Harry Ramsons should have been elevated to just... It shouldn't just be a food court place. Like, Harry Ramsons was a brilliant fish and chip sit-in restaurant. Yeah, but it sort of keeps a bit of mystique for it that it's only available when you're on the motorway. Yeah, true. Do you think anybody was ever getting onto the ring road just to go to Harry Ramsons? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So, I went to see Armageddon. My mum... And whoever else we were with, like, my mum briefed me the whole time. This film is a 12, so you have to say that your date of birth is the 9th of the 6th, 87. A year, uh, making you, like, a year older. So I was like, right, yep, yeah, no problem. She was like, they probably won't ask, but 9th of the 6th, 87. What is it? 9th of the 6th, 87. Whole way, whole way through uh, dinner. Just to be sure now. 9th of the 6th, 87. Yep, what is it? 9th of 6th, 87. We get to York Gate. I'm buzzing to see this film because everyone was talking about it at the time and Ben Affleck was looking fit. And um, we get up to the counter. My mum's like, uh, yep, three, four tickets for Armageddon. The guy goes, ah, young man, just to double check. What's your date of birth? Me. 9th of 6th, 88. And he did some quick maths and he was like, oh, this is a 12, you're not old enough to see this film. And I, my mum, like, looked at, stared at me with complete daggers, and I went, oh, yeah, mum, what's my date of birth again? And mum was, like, 9 to the 6th, 87. And the guy looked at me like, you've put such effort into coming to see this. It's fine. In fact, it probably wasn't, like, my mum was probably getting on like I was going to go to High Bank Young Offender Centre if I had got this wrong. I think the guy was, like, looking back with hindsight, the guy's probably like, mate, I'm 19. I don't give a fuck. I could not give a fuck right now. So I think I got to go in and see it. Um, 
1942, Jimi Hendrix was born, uh, one of the best drummers of all time. I know my music. In 1911, White, like, why is this a thing? White White House housekeeper frets over William Howard Taft's waistline. 1911, Elizabeth Jaffrey, a White House housekeeper, writes in her diary about a conversation she had with President William Howard Taft and his wife about the Commander-in-Chief's ever-expanding waistline. I mean, I could look more into that, but I won't. I just like the audacity of the housekeeper who's like, listen, when you tell your husband he looks like a fat bastard at the minute, uh, that's a president, uh, that's a fat man. Um, Colonel George Custer massacres Cheyenne on the Wichita... Wichita River. So I actually know loads about. <laughs> I actually know loads about uh, Native Americans and their struggles and battles with um, the American government and army. Could you expand on that? I can expand and say there were. And by the way, this is not on my screen. You had a lot of big tribes like the Lakota. The Cheyenne, and more. I mean, that's two. Yeah, two of the main ones. You just read one off the screen. Well, basically, the reason I know a lot about it is I listened to a podcast series about... um, Fuck, what was he called? Not Little... uh, Don't want to be disrespectful. It wasn't Little Bigfoot. I know it it wasn't, but it was um, Crazy Horse. Crazy Horse, because they're always called something like, you know, fucking Hardney... Or, or or two years, but Crazy Horse was I listened to I listened to a really long history podcast about Crazy Horse and the Cheyenne and the Lakota and the fact that their lands were just taken off them uh, and they fought against the Americans for so long and uh, it genuinely if anybody there'll be one person being like me that actually does sound interesting I'll send you the link for it if you message me and you're like me I'd be interested in that. But it was just a, a period in history that I found very, very interesting and cannot recall a lot about. But, but um, well, well, one thing that was interesting I heard about it was this, that um, I, I can't remember what the tribe was, but some Native Americans, when the Europeans brought over horses, um, there was this tribe. Oh, this was in um, Mexico, right? This was like the the... Spanish, what do you call it, like Spanish invasion of Mexico, what happened was there were these Mexican guys and everybody was shitting on them and being like, oh, wankers, like bullying them and stuff and they were this tribe but like they were they were nothing, like they were no good. It's like us in the podcast world, you know what I mean, like they're relatively like new, they're kind of not one of the main ones. And all the big boys were like, you know, getting them in headlocks and stealing their lunch money and pushing them about. And then the Spaniards brought over horses and all of a sudden there was this tribe and they were like, I wonder if we maybe jump on these horses and see what happens. And they they started getting on the horses and they started learning how to hunt and fight on horseback. Fast forward like a hundred years, these guys are running the show. These guys were like, Look at, you know, loving it. Um, and, you know, am I a historian? No. But I found it interesting at the time. In 1940, Bruce Lee was born. Um, born in San Francisco. Wow. I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know that at all. Um, a freak storm happened in England in 1703. Boring. Uh, and in 1978, Harvey Milk was murdered. Um, look, there was a lot. There was a lot going on. Clearly, I don't have time to go into the complete history of it, but um, I do know that we, we got to do a couple of things. Number one is uh, we got to plug Patreon, which is what Patty. One minute. We're just wrapping up this first podcast. So, do you want to chat? Is there is there a chair in there? If there isn't, we'll we'll give you one. No, we're we're grand. Right. Yeah. All good. Yeah, all good. Cheers. I like your trainers. Huh? I like your trainers. So um, just to be preview there, Paddy McDonald is going to be jumping on an episode with me shortly. Um, so we're going to plug Patreon, which is patreon.com/slash tea with me podcast. 
you get the bonus episode every Monday. Me and Dan, we do the live episode once a month. When when are we doing another live? Like three weeks, two weeks? Yeah, just before Christmas. Just before Christmas. Also, we need to do some sort of Christmas episode. Something like, something that stands out. We need to do something with a little bit of, a little bit of gravitas to it. And I'm not sure what it will be. Maybe we, by then, maybe we will be allowed. Maybe we could go to a different location for one episode. Just thought, maybe we're... Somewhere noisier, maybe. <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> noisier, yeah. We could go to the, um, to the Ben Laurie Centre. We could do it from Ben Laurie the HQ. Dump. The dump, yeah, that's probably a better way of saying it, yeah. <laughs> Here, I went to the dump yesterday, right, with just carb, like, so I had a big cardboard box and there was loads of, like, other cardboard. I did all my Christmas shopping, basically. All the packaging went in it, so there's, like, plastic, cardboard, all that shit. And then, because I knew it was going to the dump, fired a few other random things in it. I go down to the dump, fellow working there goes, all right, mate, what have you got? I said, big cardboard box, household waste in it. He goes, throw it all into that first one, into the blue skip. No problem, thanks, mate. Drive up, park. I'm in a rush, by the way. Throw it all in. It's class when you just throw one big thing into the dump. Big shot put, and you go, Ooh! right, so I threw it in. Get back in my car, fella walks out of the office. In fact, he runs out of the office. Comes up to me, window down, window down. Hear me, window down, yep. Thought he wanted an, auto- an autograph. He goes, you're not supposed to put that in there? I said, well, your, your mate told me to. He goes, he's not my mate. <laughs> I just felt so bad for the first guy. <laughs> then he just walked off. Um. So yeah, patreon.com slash tea with me podcast. Um, you get the bonus episode. My old stand-up special from 2019 from the waterfront is on it. I will put something new on it stand-up wise as well soon. And we'll do a trailer for that and all that kind of thing. Patreon.com slash tea with me podcast. Christopher gets in touch. If you open your own bar, club, or comedy club, what would you call it? Um if I open my own comedy club, well, I do the Shane Todd show on BBC Radio Ulster. On TV we do previously with Shane Todd. This is a Tea With Me podcast with Shane Todd. So if I have my own comedy club, I would definitely call it Shane Comedy Club with Shane Todd or Shane Todd's Comedy Club or Shane Todd's Laugh House or the Shane Todd Crack Den or Funny Man Guy Cool Boy Shane Todd. I don't know, but it would have my name in it. I would love to open a comedy club, but I could I probably could not be bothered because there would be so much admin that would go with it and politics and like Dave Elliott would be like, oh mate, can I have a spot? And I'd be like, how do I tell this guy? He's fucking lame, you know? So it'd be difficult, you know what I mean? I'd be like, oh, you can be a bouncer, you know? But uh, <laughs> how much does Dave look like a bouncer? <laughs> um, I would love to open a comedy club, Christopher, but uh, I don't think it would happen. I would run a night, maybe. I don't know if it was like, if I felt like after this COVID thing there wasn't enough comedy happening, maybe I'd be like, I'll just put something on. I would try and make it happen. Eamon Max says, would you rather shade a watermelon or pish a golf ball? High level content. Would I rather shite a watermelon or pish a golf ball? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's a real hard one to answer. Let me get a consensus in the room first. Watermelon. Yeah, probably. Water. So, two two votes here say watermelon. I would probably pish the golf ball. Yeah. I'd probably piss the golf ball, to be honest. I don't know, like... Your ass is kind of a bit more flexible. (laughs) It's a fucking watermelon. Your ass is a bit more flexible. Well, I'll take your word for it. (laughs) Expandable. You were like, that actually, you didn't even break a sweat when I was like, shed a watermelon. You're like, oh, I could shed a watermelon. (laughs) (laughs) The mule. (laughs) You're actually making one of your trip to McGabry's today, aren't you? McGabry's. Yeah. Because you're going to... You go to McGabry's. Jamie wants me to see this. Italian singer Adriano Kilinato released a song in the 70s with nonsense lyrics meant to sound like American English apparently to prove Italians would like the English song it was a hit and resulted in this the greatest video ever seen (laughs) 
<laughs> don't know what he's saying. Yeah, Jimmy, I like that video a lot. Um, and I like the song, despite not knowing what's said in. Cormac Menehan says, what's your favourite condiment? Ooh, it really, really depends on the situation. I'm going to... I'm going to say red sauce because that w that's what I would have mostly. But, I mean, if you give me a rack of ribs, I'm putting barbecue sauce on it. You give me a bowl of stew, I'm firing brown sauce in it. It really, really depends. In fact, I put brown sauce in um, vegetable soup. Just a little bit of brown sauce in vegetable soup. Flavor that water up. Um, and I actually got in... See, Asda. Asda, in their wee double packs of avocado, we're doing wee tiny wee tiny sachets of green Tabasco. So you'd open your avocado and you'd be like, what the fuck's this? There's been a mistake. And the wee Tabasco was like, hello, mister. Hello, you didn't buy me, but I'm here. And I'd be like, well, get into my bowl, big man. Um, so I like that, but I go red sauce. M. Herity, if the milk we drink came from dogs instead of cows, do you think people would happily still drink lots of milk? And have you had any experience milking dogs? Um... No to both. No to both. Um, do you think people would still be happy to drink it? Well, if that's all we had ever drank, yes. If all of a sudden you were like, listen, this came from a German shepherd, probably not. Eamon sends me his, Eamon sends me his uh, collection of football tops. He says, my collection thus far, not hugely impressive, but I'll continue to add to it and grow it. Um, no, that is good. I actually like pretty much every top I see there. I like the way you've laid them out. Uh, that Republic top is an absolute smasher. The white one with aircom on it, which reminds me of that World Cup and uh, how gutting it was when when Ireland went out. Did Ireland go in penalties that World Cup? Remember the air, the green aircom? Robbie Keane's the player I think of whenever I say I love that shirt. Uh, but no, I like I like our collection. That German top's a builder too. Dave Shaw, who would win in an Irish League manager's Royal Rumble? Big Davy Jeffrey has to be the favourite, one hundred percent, without doubt. DJ would, Stephen Baxter would would probably, in fact, Baxter probably for the cardio. Uh, I think coming down to Baxter and DJ, and Baxter would probably take it. Oh, the Paddy, Paddy, uh, we call the Cliftonville manager. Him, I think he he'd be good too. Callum Beckett, would you rather have no potatoes or turkey with your Christmas dinner? No potatoes or no turkey. I was going to quickly be like, obviously no turkey, but I go no turkey. Oh, in fact, in fact, the last time we recorded a podcast, I just had turkey by itself, so I go no potatoes because I like I like turkey, as the boys saw. Um, ah, Eamon said in an earlier tweet, I believe you're a retro football shirt collector. What's your best shirt? Um, my favourite shirt that I have is... I don't even know if I have one that really, really stands out. Uh, pro oh, Man United 95 shirt. Black collar, red shirt, sharp. Everybody had it. It had like Old Trafford on it and uh, I have seven Cantona on one of the, like an original shirt of that. I love that and I wear it very, very rarely because I love it so much. Uh, Liam Reynolds, always. it's always who'd win the fight. Liam Reynolds, who'd win the boxing match. Two-time European champions. Two-time European Cup winner Martin O'Neill or Christine Lampard and Mary McAleese as a tag team. <laughs> Martin O'Neill, 100%. Matthew, if you were to play up front for any team in the Premier League, at your current level of football and pro AS, played every minute of every game, how many goals would you get in the season? Seven? We've had this before and I disagree with you. Do you know what? I think it's score seven purely for gambling on the keeper. Every free kick that was taken, every shot, I would just follow it up. Like, remember Paul Dickov played for Leicester? He was brutal, and all he did with we Scottish striker, he used to just follow up every time. So, um, I think it's score seven. Yeah. Maybe six. Six goals. I scored six goals in a Premier League season. And a lot of people are like, their strikers bought for like 15 million that score less than that. Exactly. Seb is a hot dog a sandwich. Why's up? Why's up? I don't know. It's a good question. Um, is a hot dog a sandwich? No, it's not a traditional sandwich. You know that it's not. You know it's not when you've asked that, but you know there's a wee technicality. We were like, well, I guess probably technically it might be. I'm going to blast through these. Oren Kane says, easy views, thank me later. So this is for a video 
I'll do it on the next record. Um, because we're doing an episode with Patty and I'll enjoy this video in its entirety. Connor McCrory, why is your right eye why is the right eye on your sunglasses much darker than your left? Just personal preference. I like to customize my shades and mix it up a bit. Um no, I don't and the, the other thing is I put that video up asking for questions and said they might be women's glasses. I don't know where I got those glasses. I just have them. And they look like they could have been my grannies in just after the Second World War. Will, Willie Palmer, what's happening, bro? I'm moving to Bergen, Bergen, Bergen in Norway in the new year. If I scope out the comedy clubs, find a decent one and try and get you a hookup, would you do a gig there? I'd even go halves in your flight over just for the banter. Cheers, mucker. Um, no, I wouldn't like to be in your debt like that because then you would be like, after the gig, you might be like, listen, mate, you have to come to my house and you have to come to my house and watch every Royal Rumble in history with me before you can leave. So I would fly over myself, but it, Willie, if you can get me a gig, 100% bro, I'll be in Norway with you, doing some stand-up, we can have a nice time, uh, find some Norwegian gluten-free treats. Uh, yeah, I would. I would, but I, don't, I like that you're like moving over and already you think you could get connections in a comedy club, enough connections to book someone to come over for a show. I like it, I'm on board, thanks for that. Dean Carroll, uh, you look like Johnny Bravo. You've got buff and turned into Bravo. Um, yeah. I guess I have. Not really a joke there, not really a question, just an acknowledgement of the mass. Uh, yeah. I Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, <laughs> do look a bit like Johnny Bravo, to be fair. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm a young, I'm the young Johnny Bravo. All right, uh, Let's call this episode Young Johnny Bravo. Last question, Matthew Mernon. What's the best or worst bits of Christmas dinner? Worst bit is cranberry. Best bit is turkey skin. Uh, Brian Ross, what's the worst thing to happen in 2020? He sent me a picture of Julian Simmons and Gillian Porter have left UTV. Uh, I mean, that has kind of ruined my year. But the worst thing to happen this year is, um, I think, is the fact that we still haven't got a Netflix special about Pope Urban. Because that's what I would really like to see. We've got some more questions, but I'm going to roll those over for our next record. And um, thanks to everyone who asked one. I just didn't get around to it, but we will do it. I promise. Um, I'm about to record an episode of Patty McDonald. We're keeping the episodes going Wednesday and Wednesday and Friday. YouTube, all the podcast platforms. Tell your mates, rate, subscribe it, live life, love, tattoo yourself with tea with me, all that kind of stuff. MichaelFoster.tv ready to film your bar mitzvah with Aerosmith and 50 Cent. Dan, ready to come to your house, sit in the shadows and just record audio of you just living your life. It's a good time, Sippers. SSE tickets are on Ticketmaster uh, for Chancellor on the 6th of November. Cheers, good night, good luck. Take it easy.